Network. I have one question for Clint Hurdle, the Pirates manager. And I'm going to ask you, the Pirate fan, that very same question. Why the frig is Clayton Holmes starting tonight? Why did Holmes get called up from AAA specifically to start this game? You've won three in a row. You're within four games of the number two wildcard. None of your starting pitchers are hurt. Why is this jabroni getting a start tonight at San Francisco? This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me, I would have zero dimes. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX or follow me on Twitter at MarkMadX. Let the sideshow garbage commence. We will get to the Steeler game in a second, but you do know it means nothing, right? The first preseason game means nothing, and that's especially true when it comes to the so-called quarterback battle, which is getting way too much conversation time and which I will address at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Oh, and somebody deflated a football. That's news. For God's sake. Anyway, about the Bucks. Hurdle said it was planned for Holmes to make this start because the Pirates had just played at Colorado and the pitchers had to deal with that thin air. Yeah, okay, but... Trevor Williams didn't start at Colorado. And he's the guy who would have started tonight. But got pushed back so Holmes can start. If it's a matter of Williams being merely exposed to the thin air of Denver, he just should have gone straight to San Francisco and waited for the Pirates to join him there. The Pirates might be good enough to get a wild card. I don't think Clint Hurdle is. I don't think he's managing well enough. Look at Adam Frazier. Three more hits last night. Imagine if he'd been getting all those at-bats that went to Sean Rodriguez, who is now on the DL with a mysterious injury. Injury. Ha! Sean Rodriguez has a bad case of suck but they just don't want to cut the team mascot. Adam Frazier, since being recalled on July 25th, 19 for 41. Played 14 games and has had six multiple hit games. Imagine him getting at-bats all year in place of Sean Rodriguez. Not that Frazier... Would have hit near 500, given that many at-bats, but it had to be a better alternative. Anybody would have to be a better alternative to Sean Rodriguez. Uh, David Freeze with three more RBIs last night. Freeze is an RBI machine. I guess nobody told Freeze that RBIs don't count, that it's a stat that 
doesn't matter. I give the Pirates lots of credit. I do. They lost three in a row and could have kept sliding, but now they've won three in a row. I don't think the Pirates are going away. Uh, neither is Stiller season. It started last night with the first exhibition game, and now it will last forever. The Steelers won uh, 31-14 at Philadelphia. The Steelers reportedly used a deflated football in the third quarter. Howard Eskin, a Philadelphia talk show host, was making a meal out of that. You know, deflated football, like Deflategate, like with Tom Brady. Although why the Steelers would sneak in a deflated football for the third quarter of the first preseason game is well beyond my comprehension. And the NFL has already said no shenanigans and the ball's being sent to Wilson for inspection. Uh, the Steelers' defense looked vulnerable in the middle. No surprise there. That is going to be really tough to fix, that hole left by Shazier. The Eagles' tight ends kept making plays. That one guy, Goder, he had four catches. You know who looked terrible? Matikavich, dirty red. He looked terrible. He missed tackles and looked like he was just standing around. I'm not surprised. Dude's just a big white stiff. If he starts, that's bad. Juju caught a 72-yard touchdown. He was certainly lit. That's all caps, L-I-T, no doubt. But it's one thing to be lit in the first exhibition game, and it's another to catch three passes for five yards in a playoff loss. But hey, buddy, it sure is fun to see you dance. So the Steelers are back. Whoopity-doo. Uh, James Conner looked okay, but he's just a placeholder. The exhibition season has been so de-emphasized with the key players almost never playing, that it's hard to drum up a lot of conversation. Which is why we've brought in a ringer. Craig Wolfley, the all-time Steeler great, joins me at 3.30, just about 25 minutes away. I want your reaction, the reaction to Pirate fans, to this curtain jerker, Clay Holmes, starting a, a pretty crucial game tonight for the Pirates. They're all crucial when it's such a fine line to getting that second wild card. Uh, Three-game win streak. Pirates four games out of that second wild card. This is an example of Hurdle's pre-packaged managing. He decided he was going to do this a week or so ago, and now he refuses to react to current circumstance. I also can't believe we're looking at a preseason deflate gate. I... I know Mason Rudolph is looking to impress and nail down a job and maybe even be number two sooner instead of later, uh, but that whole notion of deflate gate in the third quarter of the first preseason game, that is very, very far-fetched. I bet Landry Jones blew the whistle. Landry Jones ratted out Mason Rudolph, and now we got deflate gate number two. And you can bet this will be blown out of proportion by the Boston media and maybe even turn some of them suicidal. Relax. Don't do it. Brady cheated. And that's that. 
412-333-9939 is the number to call. I am back from Las Vegas and actually glad to be back. I, I stayed a day or two too long in Vegas, as I often do. Definitely burnt out on Vegas. I'll give some uh, details of the trip in a little bit, but uh, I'm sure you'll find them boring. Uh, Justin Verlander, the Houston pitcher. He's married to Kate Upton, the supermodel. And he says Kate Upton saved his career because he was depressed, because he sucked for a while. So, Justin Verlander married a really hot, really rich woman. And it fixed it. So if you have problems, just go out and do that. Find a super hot woman that makes more than you do. Marry her, and all your problems will be over. Here's a uh, headline at WEEI in Boston, right on schedule. NFL's dismissal of two Steelers deflategate controversies exposes Patriots' double standard. Ordinarily, I'd say these guys are so thin-skinned and, and you know, they hate us because they ain't us. Like WEEI, like those jabrones had something to do with winning the Super Bowls. Heck, they alienated Tom Brady from their radio station. Remember that? They asked him a question he didn't like. I don't think he's been back on since. That's the show any radio station would kill for, and they blew it. That would depress me if I did that. I might consider killing myself. If I did that, I probably wouldn't. I might just go on social media to get as much sympathy as I can for it. Maybe make it a gimmick on my show, but I wouldn't actually kill myself unless I felt the quality of my performance had really slipped and the numbers were down. And I may or may not be describing an actual situation, but, uh, but you know, I just, just don't do it. Frankie say, relax. 412 99-39, the English Premier League season has started. As is traditional, Manchester United got a soft penalty in the first couple minutes. They lead Leicester 1-0 in the 11th minute. Liverpool plays Sunday. You won't have to deal with that today. But you will most assuredly be dealing with it at some point. Uh, I wrote a column about Juju for the trip that drew some attention. I'll address that in just a moment. And like I said, Craig Wolfley at 3.30. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's happening, Mark? Loud noises! DX <laughs> <laughs> at 105.9. Yo, I was in Vegas for too long. I always do that. I get burned out. But kudos to Spirit Airlines. My first time traveling with them. Non-stop flight, big front seat, affordable. The outbound flight was delayed, but my red-eye back last night was right on time and made it from Vegas to Pittsburgh in under four hours. Wow. Uh, I wrote a column for the Trib about Juju Smith-Schuster running the wrong routes in practice and how I don't think he's a professional. Uh, last night's touchdown doesn't change my opinion. I think Juju's a clown, and until he matures, he will not maximize his potential. To Juju Smith-Schuster, being lit is more important than being great. 
while I was away, he tweeted a picture of himself uh, dancing, bojangling, and called himself the most lit player in NFL history. Wow. What a great accomplishment for someone so young. Uh, Antonio Brown is a pain in the ass, but in terms of performance, Antonio Brown never puts a foot wrong, uh, not even in practice. My analysis has led to some consternation among Steeler fans and Juju fans, so it's time for some real talk. And if you listen... Flash flood warning. For the following counties in Pennsylvania, Allegheny, and Westmoreland, the National Weather Service in Pittsburgh has issued a flash flood warning for southeastern Allegheny County in southwestern Pennsylvania, west central Westmoreland County in southwestern Pennsylvania until 6.15 p.m. At 3.19 p.m., radar indicated heavy rain in the warned area. Additional thunderstorms are expected to pass over this region through the afternoon, which could exacerbate the situation. Flash flooding, expected. Estimated rainfall, up to one inch. Additional rainfall, up to one inch. Some locations that may experience flooding include Pittsburgh, Bethel Park, West Mifflin, Baldwin, Whitehall, South Park Township, Jefferson Hills, Brentwood, Pleasant Hills, Clareton, Glassport, West Newton. This includes the following highways, Interstate 70 in Pennsylvania mile marker 51 and near mile marker 53. Pennsylvania Turnpike between mile marker 69 and 73. Runoff from heavy rainfall will flood small streams, poor drainage areas and low-lying spots. Please report flooding by calling 412-262-1988, posting to the National Weather Service Pittsburgh Facebook page, or using Twitter at NWS Pittsburgh. about winning at football, not Fortnite. Uh, by the way, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Baker Mayfield are in an ad for Madden Football, the video game, in which they try to get their celebration game lit, yo. It's called Juju Celebration Training, and it is lit because it's all about having fun. Let's go to JB on the turnpike. JB, you're on with Double M. Hey, hello, Mark. Good day, sir. Right. Hey, I think I think we can all agree the Buckers have gone out and, and tried to put together a good starting rotation. Uh, but for this move to be made tonight with a minor leaguer uh, pitching at a crucial time in the season only screams of one thing, sir. Bob Nutting ordered this in a no, he didn't. Fifteen game losing. No, he didn't. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good try, though. No, he didn't. I'm not going to criticize them when they're doing the right thing. When they traded for Archer, they traded for Kella, uh, they got that Hechevara, they're trying to make a run at a playoff berth. And I don't think it'll be enough. I think they did it as a PR move and not by way of really caring about winning. I think, again, that comes under the category of happy accident if, if it occurs, but... Uh, I'm not going to say that Bob Nutting ordered some strap hanger called up from AAA to pitch a game to break his own team's momentum. Because if you're in for a penny, you're in for a dollar. The Pirates are in for a penny. And uh, 
losing now would be kind of productive. You're still going to pay Archer. You're still going to pay Kella. You're still going to pay Hechevara. Now they are trying to win. They don't always and may not often moving forward, but right now they are. Let's go to Kirk and Carnegie. Kirk, you're on with Double M. How you doing, Mark? Great. Hey, I had a question for you. With all this talk about the Steelers and maybe them not being as disciplined as they need to be, what do you think Chuck Noll would do about the situation with Le'Veon Bell? If Chuck Noll was coaching the Steelers right now, yep, he would wait for him to show up and then use him. I if, thought maybe he might say something like maybe it's time for Le'Veon to move on to his life's work. And then Le'Veon would go someplace else and get untold tens of millions. It's different now. Yeah. It's yeah, different now. It. And Le'Veon yeah. Bell is at the end of his prime but still in his prime. Whereas Chuck knew that Franco didn't have a lot left in the tank when he made that remark. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Now, if you would want to say how would Jack Lambert welcome Lev Bell to the locker room once he did show up, or what would Mel Blunt say to Juju Smith-Schuster about being lit, then I think you can accurately apply some old school values and rhetoric. But in terms of what Chuck Noll would do with Le'Veon Bell, he would do exactly as I said. He would wait for him to show up and then put him in the lineup when he did. Up next, we talk to Craig Wolfley, the all-time Steeler great, here on 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, huge fan. You're talking to the super genius. No doubt, Double M. Hey, Mark, the best onion ring. Ooh. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, you hear him on the sidelines on DVE Radio. For every Steelers game, he is an all-time Steeler great. We welcome back to the program Craig Wolfley. Wolf, you were on the sideline last night. You didn't deflate any footballs, did you? I, I, I thought of you first thing when I heard about that. You know, I was wondering when I sat down at halftime, there was something kind of protruding. felt a little uncomfortable. Maybe I did. Maybe you sat on one and didn't even realize it. That, that's, that's an honest mistake. Uh, hey, how much gets proven in the first exhibition game, and what Steelers proved something last night? Well, I think there's a, there's a few things that, that get proven. One is you, you you start to separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Look, we've been through two weeks of practices up at Latrobe, which is all great. Then you step into a night uh, stadium practice at Latrobe High. It ratchets up the intensity a little. Well, what we had last night at the link was a great ratcheting up for a lot of young guys. And we saw some of the young guys come out like Chooks Okafor. All right, now Chooks come out. I got to tell you something, Mark. He started at right tackle. He switched over to left tackle. He played three quarters. He played better, looked better than any time during the past two weeks. He punched more with his hands last night than he did in the combined two and a half weeks we've already been out at Latrobe. So that was a really good coming out session for Chooks. He got to the second level with some consistency. Uh, he, he finished blocks. I'll tell you one time. He blocked, you, you talk about blocking to the echo of the whistle the next valley over. He put a thunderous block on some dude. I don't know who it was, but it went through the ground, and he just palpitated. And I love that because it just shows that desire. So I thought he stood out. I thought a young, another young offensive lineman, Parker Collins, you know, we talked about him. He's a little, he's got, what would you call a antagonistic disposition? <laughs> um, you know, he's fun to watch. He's a, he's a fist-fighting ads, and he is just one of those guys that just likes to, Play hard and, and tough throughout the whole 
snap-to-whistle deal. Um, I thought Damon Patterson, Cam Sutton, um, all of these guys. And I thought Josh Dobbs competed so very well last night. There's a lot of guys that I thought came out looking like they really competed hard and well. I want to talk about inside backer for a second. Uh, Tyler Matakavich didn't have a, a great night last night. He got a few tackles broken, although, to be fair, he made a few tackles as well. What's he have to do to hold on to that job, Wolf, and uh, where does John Bostick figure in? Well, I think that uh, John Bostick figures in in this way. Um, they brought him in, and, and uh, I'll give uh, Tunch credit for this, but he says John Bostick could be the equivalent of a, a, a James Ferrier coming over from the Jets. That's possibly where it could be. Trevor needs to be he, – he's a little bit limited, and he doesn't have quite the same attributes as some of the other guys. He has such great intensity and such willful desire to go out and compete. And sometimes I think that gets the better of him. But he's got to be one of these guys where at the play, he's got to play almost perfectly because he doesn't have the makeup speed or the margin for error that some of the other guys have. So for him, it's going to be a situation that he's just got to be darn near spot on perfect on just about even each and every play. And uh, John Bostic is one of these guys that, that brings a bang. He can run. Uh, he can tackle. He can get off blocks. Um, he's just one of those guys that consistently, we watched him last year when the Steelers were going to play the Colts, and we watched him on film, and we, we both, both Tunch and I thought, you know, this guy looks pretty good. So I would say, just top of my mind, off the top of my head, this, uh, this is going to be a tough one for Trevor. It's going to be a good battle between John Bostic and, and Tyler Matakevich. How did Terrell Edmonds look last night, the, the number one draft pick, Wolf, and how much can he contribute right off the bat? Because I got a feeling they would like him too. I think everybody wants to see Terrell uh, compete. I think everybody wants to see um, him uh, be able to fulfill this uh, this tremendous upside he's got. You know, I mean, his ability to move from position to position, even within one play. Uh, this guy is so smart. I mean, you you talk to him, and everyone refers to him. He's got these bright eyes. I mean, he's always kind of up. He's never seemingly out of energy he never seems uh you know to be kind of down about anything he just always seems eager to go out perform learn what have you um very very humble young man very impressed with his demeanor and very impressed with his strikeability out there he's not afraid to come up in the line as we witnessed a couple times last night uh, he will come up and get his run fits uh plugging it hard coming up from the secondary and uh he he looks like he's got the understanding about his past coverage uh, responsibilities, and so we look for him to uh, keep increasing. Again, this is the first you can't you can't get from A to D. You got to go A, B, C, D as we progress through this preseason. And for all the fans out there, you will want to watch a guy like Terrell and see. All right, when we go to Green Bay next week, do you see a difference? Does he come up and make a couple of big plays? Things of that nature, and that's the fun of preseason. Now, on the other hand, I think Morgan Burnett might have gone from A to maybe C anyway. I thought he had a heck of a game. Very noticeable out there, Wolf. And that's a relief because Burnett had missed so much time at camp so far. There's no question about it, and you're right on with that because the first thing you think about with all the time he's missed is you think about Mike Mitchell coming over and uh, having missed you know, his first year when he missed a lot of time back there. One of the first things you think is, wow, you got it. You, Last year there was problems with communication. You want to solve that communication ability. One of the things that Morgan Burnett brought was that veteranship and the ability to make sure everybody gets lined up, that everybody's communicating. And when he's not out there, you're kind of, you know, uh, for me, it just kind of left me a little disgruntled in the in the gullet there a little bit. That to see him come out and, and 
prove himself and show himself to be the veteran that everyone talks about, the complete pro. That's one thing you hear about it. When you talk to people around uh, football, you hear Morgan Burnett, complete pro, and he really showed that last night. We're talking to Craig Wolfley, the all-time Steeler great here on 105.9 The X. Uh, One real good sign, staying with the secondary Wolf, two interceptions. Uh, For teams that lack splash plays last year, you take what you can get, and, and stuff like that is kind of a habit, isn't it? Well, there's no question. You build those habits from the get-go. And one of the guys that's been competing so very hard in uh, training camp thus far is, is Cody Sensabaugh. You know, Cody's got a real uh, business-like attitude this year. He is down uh, down to working hard, and you can see it. Last night, watching him on the sidelines, he brought, uh, and I made a note about it to myself, you know, he brought a, a regular season focus and intensity to a preseason game. And uh, you got to like that whether it was tackling, whether it was forcing a fumble, whether it was creating a, um, you know, uh, uh, an interception. Uh, this young man came out to compete last night. Uh, I think he understands there's, this is a highly competitive secondary situation. He wants to be part of the mix, and, and to be part of that mix, because of the fact that you have less plays, you don't only have one practice a day, you only have uh, so many days in training camp, you need to create separation plays in the preseason that make you stand out. And I would say... Uh, as of game one, Cody Sensabaugh did a heck of a job in that department. Another one was Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton stood out in two ways uh, to me last night. One of the things I love about uh, pro football players and, and guys uh, who get it, understand that their responsibility is not just uh, going out and playing, but, you know, the fans out there, how much they love, want to touch, be a part of. And to see Cam Sutton, as I was sitting on the bench pregame, he was just doing the, coming to the sidelines that there was a little girl must have been maybe four years old with a sign on the sidelines and said, this is my first NFL game. He came over, he had a picture with her, signed a jersey. Then he goes out and he does what he's been doing in training camp. And that is, you know, every day, Cam Sutton just about just about every day does something that makes you go, huh, how about that? And then the interception last night was another, but look at that. You know, so you get to notice Cam Sutton, whether Whatever position he's playing out there in the secondary, he's one of those guys that keeps coming out and doing something that makes you take notice. I, I want to get to the offensive line, Wolf, uh, your domain. And you mentioned some of the uh, younger O-linemen earlier, especially Chooks. And, boy, that's a big relief because a lot of the depth is gone. Guys are hurt. Uh, Hubbard departed. How is the offensive line going to cope this year with uh, a lot of quality but not as much depth? Well, the one thing that remains consistent is you've got the best teacher in the game, Mike Munchak, uh, running the offensive line. And that's been proven by the people that he's put out. He continues to put out in the quality of depth that he comes up with. And one of the people that he's uh, really worked hard with the last couple of years is a guy named Matt Filer. And Matt, besides coming in about 10 pounds lighter this year, uh, is just as country strong as he's ever been and proven capable of playing both guards uh both tackles and uh center in my mind he can he can you know i know that he can play both tackles now he he hasn't worked there much i understand but the fact is um his his ability to jump in a guard last night nice job of coming off the ball on the 15 straights and so forth he come off and he could really pick up some of those inside linebackers and put a nice El Cabonger on him, which I know that is not everybody's so in favor of these days with the new rules. But certainly, you know, you still got to be able to come off the ball and put a whack on somebody. And I thought Matt Filer did a good job there. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I enjoyed was the fact with Chukes that I, I wanted to just kind of back up on. You know, the fact that you could in your first game with as little experience as Chukes has had, 
come out and start and then be able to swing from the right side to the left side. That is pretty significant. That tells you he's a he's a very smart young man and capable of being able to flip things over in his head. And that really was uh, very enlightening to me because it says an awful lot about his game preparation, about what the, the work that both uh, Mike Munchak and Sean Surratt, who does a great job with the guys too, have done with him, and about his progress. Because last night, if you could see him in training camp, he was catching everything. Everybody rushing up the field, he'd just hold his hands out, and he'd just virtually headbutt him, catching him. And last night he used his hands. It's like all of a sudden the light came on, and he started to punch and use those long arms and that terrific strength and create that ability to run guys around the arc behind the quarterback. And, yeah, there was a couple of close close calls, uh, you know, so forth, but you're going to have those in a game, and that's what makes the quarterback step up. But for a guy like Chooks, I was, um, I was really pleased to see uh, some of the work he did. He really uh, stood out in my book. And finally, Wolf, I need you to inject some reality into a certain situation. There's no battle, per se, for the number two quarterback spot, is there? I figure Jones is two, Rudolph is three, and there ain't much Josh Dobbs can do to rearrange all that, although he looked pretty good last night. I think you're correct. You know, you're spot on. Look, Landry Jones is the backup quarterback. You saw that on a, on a free snap when uh, somebody jumped, and he still hooks up with Juju on a 71-yarder. Um, the, the things he's capable of doing, he's four for four, and you had uh, three non-starters on the offensive line against uh, you know a defensive line that was still pretty good coming out and getting after it. So he got sacked a couple times. But, look, I thought, you know, Landry Jones is the guy. I thought, you know, Josh Dobbs is the guy. He's that Dylan Thomas guy. You know, do not go gentle into that good night, but rage, rage against the dying of light baby. You know, Josh Dobbs is there to compete as well. So uh, good for him. And I think Mason acquitted himself very well as uh, also. So, you know, the, the quarterback, it's going to be fun. We'll see how it plays out. Wolf, as always, great stuff. Fantastic to have you back. We'll talk to you again soon. Always a pleasure, brother. Talk to you later. That's the great Craig Wolf. He's going to join us each and every week during Steeler season right here on 105.9 The X. And the Steeler talk ain't done. We want to talk to you about what transpired last night at Philadelphia. And also, from the DVE Morning Show, he was on the scene when the Steelers vanquished the Super Bowl champions last night. Mike Pursuta joins me at 4.30. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing? We're all going to rock to the rules I make. Double M, big fan. How you like it now, bitch? The X at 105.9. The NFL preseason uh, got underway in earnest Thursday night, last night. I get confused what day of the week it is when I take a red eye. I left Vegas at 11 p.m. last night, landed in Pittsburgh 6 a.m. this morning. It's kind of like one 48-hour day. But but anyway, uh, there were a bunch of protests during the National Anthem at the exhibition games. Uh a bunch of players took a knee or raised a fist or stayed in the locker room during the anthem. And then, of course, afterward, uh, Donald Trump, the president, he tweeted about it. He said these guys should be suspended without pay, blah, blah, blah. The NFL just keeps feeding the troll. Uh, Trump keeps using this to rally his troops. It's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what's best for him. So the NFL needs to find a solution or it's going to ruin the season. 
at least take a big chunk out of the 2018 campaign. All the Steelers stood at attention. Hashtag best for business. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Tiger Woods started playing a little bit ago. Second round of the PGA. He is minus two today after just four holes. That's after shooting even yesterday. Uh, Woodland is on top with a score of minus 10. Tiger is a better player than he was when he was feigning injury to withdraw from tournaments after shooting bad scores. I'm a back. But uh, I don't know whether he'll ever again put together the consistency needed to win a big tournament or for that matter, any tournament. Uh, the EPL season is underway, English Premier League Soccer. In halftime, it's Manchester United 1, Leicester City 1. Full slate of games uh, tomorrow through Sunday. Liverpool Football Club open up Sunday at home against West Ham. Liverpool are good enough to win the league, which is usually where the heartbreak really starts. Uh, Man City... A heavy favorite, no question. But Liverpool beat Man City three out of four times last year, including the last three times in a row. That includes Champions League football. Uh, A brief recap of the music part of my Vegas trip. Uh, Whitesnake was excellent in Vegas. Best show of the five I saw on this tour. They were headlining at Red Rock Casino, so it was a little longer and even a little better. The opening group was called Scrap Metal. Remember the Nelson brothers from that group, Nelson? Ricky Nelson's kids? I barely do. But they get together, whoever, to play on that particular day, and it's good. Like, the Nelsons were joined by Kip Winger, Mark Slaughter, uh, Michael Sweet from Striper, Barry Gaudreau from Boston, Derek St. Holmes from Ted Nugent, Phil Lewis from L.A. Guns. Uh, lots of hits. Pretty good stuff. I even met Gunnar Nelson at Valet Parking when I was checking out of the Red Rocks Casino. So that was my brush with greatness. I just missed Derek St. Holmes and Barry Gaudreau. Y- you know, it's funny. The day of the show, I was at the coffee shop for breakfast. And the guy at the next table was this old guy with this, you know, gray goatee, wore a wife beater, had a concert pass on. I figured he was a roadie. It was Barry Gaudreau, the guitarist from Boston. When he came out, I said, hey, what's the roadie doing up there? And boy, can he play. 412-332-3776. 412-333-9939 is the number. Oh, staying with music. Don't know if you saw this over the weekend. ACDC is in Vancouver rehearsing with three originals. Not, not originals, but from the Glory Days lineup. Angus Young, of course. Brian Johnson back on vocals. Phil Rudd back on drums. Hey, at least it'd be ACDC again. Uh, the Axel thing, 
That's a novelty act. That was going to have uh, staying power. But hold on. Did Brian Johnson get his hearing back? That's why he quit because of hearing issues. Or got fired. Or whatever. Uh, can't wait to see this new shark movie. The Meg. Have you seen the ads? This shark's like bigger than the Titanic. It's swallowing boats whole. Uh, remember from Jaws? You're going to need a bigger boat. There is no bigger boat than, than the Meg, this giant shark, the Megalodon, or whatever this prehistoric shark is called. It's like Jaws on meth and steroids. Now, I will watch it. But I bet it blows. I would bet my wife it blows. It's got Jason Statham, who is certainly the action hero of the hour. But I would absolutely bet that it stinks. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk about a battle at Steelers camp. A battle for a job that is just not a battle at all. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.